Welcome to the Bronx Geo Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it's currently 10 a.m. on Monday, the 19th of September. On today's show, we're going to look at all the things that have happened since we last spoke, all the coaching movements, some of the GM movements, some of the player rumors, and then we'll get into our 2019-2020 team gradings. We are not going to do all the gradings today. We're going to stop at a point and then we're going to continue the gradings next episode. So this is sort of a season gradings part one and then part two will be next episode. And then we're going to finish off with a really fun game. So make sure you stick around through all this and then listen to that one. It's going to be a great show. It's time for tip off. When he's sticking you, taking all your money. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not, do not throw anything on the board. surprised by that and and the players are telling him not to be doing that once again welcome to the bronx cheer basketball show i am joined by a guy who did not just win his 17th title how are you jail thanks for that mate i haven't won any titles so i'm just watching from the sidelines um now i'm all right i mean Life, life's not too bad, all things considered. Um, just a bit a bit depressed every time I see the Lakers and Celtics tied on the uh, all-time standings for championships now. That's it. And sorry that I've, I've woke you up so early. I know you said off-air that you're used to. I'm sorry to myself that I woke myself up so early. Usually we record these podcasts at like in the afternoon, but I thought we'd uh, smash it out in the morning now that there's no games on during the day. I'm tired. You seem you seem awake and and ready to go. Well, like I mentioned in uh, like I mentioned off air in um, in this Corona pandemic, I've been getting up a little earlier than I used to. Um, just getting you know a few good habits. So the first time it's actually paid off. I need to be alert and awake, and here I am, ready to rock and roll. So let's get into it. It's the NBA off season. It's our first NBA off season. How, how do you feel about that? I cannot wait just to talk absolute shit for the next four months or whatever it's going to be. <laughs> well, the good thing is it is actually condensed. There's rumors, I believe, that the NBA is targeting the 18th of January to restart. That's not uh, from huge official sources, but that's that's a date that I've seen on the internet. So we do have only a condensed, what's that, like three months, basically. Yeah. Um, and... The draft's going to come in just under a month. I guess the trade period and the free agency will come. Then summer league will come, preseason, and before you know it, we'll be back into it. But let me just say, in this offseason, JL, it's going to be a big one for the Bronx Geo Basketball Show. We are going to have guests galore. I'm sure that we're also going to feature as guests on other shows. And when I say guests, they're going to be players. They're going to be coaches. They're... Probably not going to be owners, but <laughs> the owners have a bit too much money. But 
We're going to have a busy off season. It's going to be fun. Let's start it off. Recap of since we last spoke, like we always do. The Seattle Storm swept the Las Vegas Aces 3-0 because they do best out of five in their setup to win their fourth WNBA title. So congratulations to the Seattle Storm. What do you think of that? Brianna Stewart is unbelievably good at basketball. Like I saw I saw something the other day about her wingspan. I don't know. She's six foot four and she's got a seven two wingspan or something like that. It's just freakishly long. And then watching her play, she's just fantastic. Um a lot more entertaining for the bits that I did see than I expected. Um Sue Bird's a name that's been around for a while. She had like sixteen assists or something ridiculous in one of those playoff games as well. So um quite quite competitive basketball and genuinely like it's genuinely a standard where I'm sitting there enjoying this thinking these, these women would absolutely dominate me on the floor. <laughs> not that <laughs> yeah. But like you watch them and they, it's, you know, it's not, not too different from the NBA, you know, open corner threes and they'll, they'll be hitting them. They're shooting well from the line They're They might not be dunking, but they're, you know, doing look away, drop off passes. It was good to watch. So congrats to Seattle. Hopefully your men, the men's team comes back at some point. We'd love to see the yeah. Sonics back. Yeah, that'd be nice. And just a fun fact, the Seattle Storm, they did win in 2018 uh, to win their third championship, but they won their second championship in 2010, the same year as the Los Angeles Lakers won their... God, what champ- was that the Lakers' last championship? Yeah, that was their, their 16th. 16th. Anyway, so... 2010 and 2020, the Seattle Storm and the LA Lakers win their championships. Should we lock in 2030 now while we're at it? Oh, well, it is a bit scary, actually. I'm sure everyone saw that the Lakers started each of these three decades, and, of course, they're they're flaunting it as much as they can. 2000, they won the championship. 2010 and now 2020. I hate – I love records, but I hate records like that because it scares me, as you said. Like, I don't want to know that the Lakers are just going to reappear with – uh, Bronny James in 10 years. <laughs> it's a it's a big possibility. Anyway, moving on. We didn't mention this during the finals and it happened during the finals because I just didn't want to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. They are, if you're joining us for the first time, they're my team and they're just, they're just anxiety in my life, in my head. And I just didn't want to bring that negative energy to the podcast. <laughs> but the Clippers sacked Doc Rivers. I think we might have reported that. Good riddance. I always complained about showing our hand and we always, you know, whatever we want, we just, Dalton Brand just shows everyone what we want and he goes and gets it. And he flew Doc Rivers to Philadelphia straight after he was sacked by the Clippers and gave him a five-year deal. Um, Yeah. What do you think of that, JL? I mean... It's tough because Doc's one of the, like, I think he's one of the harder coaches to sort of get a gauge on in terms of if he's actually doing a lot because when he was in Boston, especially, it was always about ego management. He had the players to win a championship. It was about making it all fit together. And then in LA, it was a bit of a, a bit of turmoil there because they saw the Clippers would get to a, you know, a high peak with CP3 and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and sort of didn't really get over that last hump. But by all means, they were still a good team, and then everything changed. And the, you know, they had the eight seed last year, where they took a game off the Warriors, and everyone's like, "Oh, Doc's such a good coach." And then this year happens, and it's like, "Oh, well, he's not a good coach again." Um, so in terms of what 
or what he can bring to the 76ers, I don't really know. But why would you offer him a five-year deal when you don't know if he's good or not? There's never been a time where it's like Doc Rivers is drawing these incredible after-timeout plays or anything like that. And as soon as I saw it, it was a five-year deal. And because they didn't wait any time at all, it was straight away. It led to the impression that other teams were interested in him. But there weren't that many other teams that, you know, got his attention. It was just Philadelphia being like, yep, come on down. Here's five years. We won't think about this at all. Problem solved. And to <laughs> me, it's putting a Band-Aid over, you know, a big open flesh wound. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, I guess time will tell. But I just thought there's no need to commit to such a long contract for Doc. Well, coming from a Sixers fan, first off, it's an improvement from Brett Brown. So there's that, right? It's Anything is an improvement from Brett Brown. It's not about trashing Brown. It's just that he was just a nice guy. Brett Brown, basically, he was just a good guy. And he was great for Joel and Ben. Ben loved him and Joel loved him. And I think that was a good gel. And we'll see if... If that was if that gel is a bit more explosive as soon as uh, Brett is gone, now that Rivers comes in. But anyway, it's so hard to gauge. Like uh, as everyone says, you know, he won that championship, and normally a championship as a coach gets you, especially because he didn't have, you know, like a LeBron or a Kobe or an MJ. He won that championship with the Celtics in two thousand and eight. So there's that, and that's what his his reputation is as a good coach always comes off. And then, as you said, the last season with the the Clippers, how they only had like not much, and they still troubled the Warriors. But he has blown three three one leads now, and as you said, he's it's clear that he's not like a like a genius tactical coach. He doesn't stand out like that, and. I feel like that's what we need. Brett Brown was similar. He was just a good guy, not really great with the tactics. And also, it's pretty scary that the Sixers need someone to hold our players accountable, i.e. Ben shooting. Ben, you got to shoot, bro. That's it. Shoot. <laughs> and Joel, you got to get fit. Like, we need someone who's going to give it to him, like Jimmy says Tibbs does, for example. You look at the Clippers last season with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, what they were doing all season. And and there's rumors coming out, believe them or not, whatever. <laughs> Kawhi could do whatever he wanted last season. He could say to Rivers, apparently, if he didn't want to play, he's not playing. And I don't know if that was just a Clippers thing, but uh, anyway, it's just a bit scary. It's a bit scary. Moving on. There is some, <laughs> there is some amazing news. And I'm telling you, this is this is meant to be. Your man. My man, Dave Yeager, has been hired as the assistant coach under Doc Rivers. And if you're a first-time listener to the podcast, the only context you need is that I'm more of an eye test guy. <laughs> and the Sacramento Kings looked a lot. They were so fun to watch in 2018-2019. And they nearly made the playoffs. They Every time they played the Warriors with KD... It was like 140 to 140. It was the best games you could ever watch. And unless then, you liked watching defense. Unless you like watching defense, then you would have hated it. And then they fired him and they hired Luke Walton. And look what happened. Shit. Dave Yeager is, he looks like a nice guy. <laughs> he played exciting stuff with the Kings. I love him. I always say his name randomly on this podcast. He will be on our t-shirts eventually. 
and he's been hired to be the assistant under Rivers in the 76ers organization. T-shirts will come soon, hopefully. Uh, okay, so moving on. Sixers have barely done any. This is what I've written down. Sixers have <laughs> barely done anything in terms of front office. I've mentioned before, and all of Sixers fandom on the internet at least, wants the front office pretty much crucified. And the Sixers have not done anything other than wait for their boys to sort of get hired. It's like, all right, you've been hired, go. And the two guys that everyone wanted out from the front office, something Alex Rucker and someone else, are not being fired. They're being repositioned. They were Colangelo's guys. Fuck's sake. They did hire the Indiana vice president of basketball operations, and he's going to be under Alton, blah, blah. Enough sixes. Enough sixes. <laughs> there's, not, there's not much to be excited about. I don't know what Alton Brand's doing sitting in his desk these days, but I just don't know if decision-making is a strong point. Whatever he put on his resume to get that job, he's obviously lied, and his LinkedIn profile is obviously fake. Because there's no creativity there. There's no, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Relating to that, one Daryl Morey stepped down from the Houston Rockets general manager position, JL. And why I say that sort of after the Sixers thing is because he mentored Sam Hinkie. So bring him home, bring him to <laughs> Philly, fire Alton. <laughs> what did you think of the Daryl Morey stepping down from the Houston job. It was one of those weird one weird ones where it's out of nowhere, but it's not a surprise if that makes sense. Um, I just think he's been the whipping boy for Houston the last few years, rather than you know you've you've mentioned quite a lot that you know James Harden has never really found playoff success, and there's always been criticisms over you know micro ball this year and whether Dan Tony's the right coach for them and things like that. But it always seems to be the fingers pointed at Maury. Which, I mean, you don't always know how much it it goes either way. You know, you don't know where the actual issues stem from. But the fact that he was so analytically driven in the period where we're just sort of getting to that point where teams will look at it, but it's not the end all and be all. But for Houston, it was. And, he, you know, got rid of that mid-range completely. And I thought that worked well for them. I think that was a decent tactic to follow. But whenever it fails, you know, the Rockets missed 27 threes in a row against the the Warriors in the playoffs of 2018. And he caught the blame for that. And it's like, that makes no sense. He's not the one out there putting up these shots. He put a system in place and created these, these statistics to follow and, you know, these rules for the team to follow. And Dan Tony's the one with the, with the keys there. <laughs> and Houston just choked and that's all it is. And yeah. there's no reason he should be the whipping boy. So when that just continued to happen again, this, this off season, as soon as Houston got eliminated, I thought, it's not a real surprise, but still almost a shame because I don't know who's going to give him another chance. I would like to see him go to Philly because he had forced Ben to shoot threes. But there's just such a big cloud over his name because no one really knows if this is, you know, maybe in 10 years' time, every single team is going to be following him. Like the, the NBA is already transitioning this way. But right now, as, as it's just starting to be analytic-driven, it's easy to point the finger at him. I would die for Daryl Morey to come to the Sixers. As you said, he's he's a great general manager. He never missed the playoffs in his time at the Rockets. They've currently got the longest playoff streak. I think it's seven or eight or, or more than that. 
years. And yeah, love to have him in Philly. Don't know what he's going to do next, but he made changes always to win now because he recognized that James Harden was a super, superstar. And they constantly were getting close and close. And as you said, even though Westbrook is shit, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they still looked decent when Westbrook, I guess, if you want to call it, was fully healthy this year. Who knows what could have happened. It's, as you said, it's not his fault that 27 missed threes in a row. They could have won the championship that year, realistically. Yeah. Um, but that's the other thing. You mentioned that, you know, he always put a winning team out there. And how many people saw KD go to the Warriors and thought, all right, there's no point being in the eighth seed now. Let's retool. Yeah. So many teams did that. And he was the only one that really, I mean, outside what LeBron teams and, you know, but they were in the, they were in the East and like, you know, the Raptors and things like that. They were the only team in the West where no matter the situation, they were going a hundred percent at it. And I think that like, why do we only respect championship rings when if you've taken this, probably the best team of all time to a game seven, that should be rewarded. Like, that's that's more impressive than KD's rings is the fact that Harden and the Rockets took them to seven, if that makes sense. Oh, I wouldn't say Harden, though. <laughs> oh, he, he was fantastic in that series, though. He, he was good. He was he good. He like 36 but... a game or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he was good, but he's, he did contribute to the missed threes that game or that stretch, the 27. But, yes, Daryl Morey, great GM. He will be hot property. Interesting to see what happens. Anyone would kill to have him. Let's move on. Uh, the Clippers have a new head coach. He was already around. He was the assistant coach. His name is Tyron Liu, and he has signed a five-year contract to become the head coach of the Clippers. His assistant coaches will be Chauncey Billups and Larry Drew. Did Ty Liu play this as good as anyone could play it? Because last offseason... He was going to be hired by the Lakers and they were only willing to offer him the length of LeBron's contract. So I think it was three years. And he's like, no, I want five years. And so he went as an assistant to the Clippers. Doc fucked up. And now... Look at him. Yeah, look at him. I mean, he won the championship and he done that well. And I've heard some good stories about that championship run at that puts some respect on his name, Ty Lue as a coach. But to get five years in this Clippers job, he's got Steve Barmer at a bad time. He's laughing. He is laughing, Ty Lue. But once again, why five-year contract for someone that we don't even know is that good of a coach? Yeah. He walked into Cleveland when Blatt got fired mid-season. And, you know, if you've got a LeBron-led team, you're not doing all that much coaching to begin with. Yeah. But he's won in... One and seventeen, one of eighteen in games without LeBron. Like I've I've yet to see something where I'm, you know, like watching Popovich where it's like he the coach can take over a game, which is such a weird thing, but you know, like tactical timeouts or making this one strange defensive adjustment that just throws the other team's offense out. Ty Lue's done nothing to show me that he's an elite coach. He's probably a good coach because we saw him win the championship. You've got to give him credit. But why are they giving out five year deals for these coaches? <laughs> These, I mean, it's just easy to take advantage of Philly being stupid. And as I said, Ty Lu has played this beautifully and he's he's got Bulmer at, at his uh, most desperate times. And here we are. 
But so to smash through the rest, I mean, I don't know how much substance there is to the rest of these, but other news, Jeff Van Gundy is the current favorite to land the Houston job. He was the Houston head coach from 2003 to 2007, I believe. There's some awesome photos of him standing next to Yao Ming and he, he doesn't look real, those photos. <laughs> <laughs> JVG. And then... SVG, yep. Stan Van Gundy, is the current favorite to land the NOLA job, which is New Orleans Pelicans, because Alvin Gentry was sacked from it. Did you see that video on the internet like the other day of of Lonzo and JJ Redick looking at each other, listening to Alvin Gentry like draw up a timeout? I didn't. Oh, well, they <laughs> so just lost. He's, he's drawing it. JJ Redick standing like over behind him. Lonzo's sitting like in front and they're like all close together and then jj's face is like like he's given like a what what's that <laughs> and then and then lonzo quickly has a similar look and then they look at each other lonzo and jj and it's like oh alvin that's funny <laughs> also for future memes alvin gentry looks like um have you seen monsters inc yeah is it water noose the 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 boss I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> the crab guy, the 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 you know the boss with the m- multiple eyes. Oh. <laughs> I've 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 honestly always wanted to use that as like a meme, but I, I don't know how many people are going to agree with me that he looks exactly like him. Oh my god, that is something else. Anyway, Alvin Gentry looks like um, <laughs> Henry Waternoose, I believe his name is, uh, and Alvin Gentry has also become the assistant coach to Luke Walton, I believe it is, at the Kings. That's what's happened? Apparently. I think You're so. You're the one keeping up with it. I'm I'm checking Quickly. out for all Kings-related news. Yes. I mean, associate coach, apparently. Whatever the fuck that means. Anyway, he looks like Waternoose. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Waternoose. Yeah. Everyone, Henry J. Waternoose, look him up. From Monsters Inc., he looks like Alvin Gentry, sort of sounds like him as well. You'll never unsee it. And let's move on, JL. <laughs> Thanks, uh, mate. Anthony Davis, after winning the championship and even mid season saying, you know, he might something, something, doesn't know what the future looks like. He, he might come back to Chicago, his hometown. That was a bit interesting. And then after he won the championship, he was like, I don't know what's going to happen, which is all so weird because he's so clearly going to stay. He just wants extra money. He's using that tiny bit of leverage that he has to make LA give him every cent they can. I just can't believe he would need. He would feel the need to do that. I mean, maybe Rich Paul's told him, but that's silly it's because just, it's just you may you may as well if they know that he's guaranteed and they you know put chuck in a few rotation pieces and say, oh sorry, AD, we've only got you know this much left for you, which would still be you know an extravagant amount, but you know they might take a few hundred thousand, a few mil off sort of thing. It's just, yeah, you just play your cards and you just say always, oh, we'll, we'll explore my options. This is what every single player does. Um, the same reason that Rondo's opted out now. He's going back to LA. They're just going to have to offer him a bit more than what he was on because he's proven that he can do it in the finals. Um, it's just part of it. So, yeah, to finish off, AD opted out, but uh, Shams has reported that he's opted out, but he's going to re-sign with the Lakers yeah. in free agency, get the bigger contract. Uh, KCP will test free agency. Rondo will test free agency. You've put him back to LA. I don't reckon KCP and Rondo are guaranteed back to LA. KCP, maybe not. Rondo, um, 
I'm putting it in there. I can no way. I can't guarantee it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not an inside source here. But they can offer him about you know 150 percent of what he was on, and he's going to demand that. And I think he's happy there. I don't think he wants to leave at all. But once again, it's just the the best way to get coin is opt out of your contract early and sign back up. Yeah, it may. It, well, of course, it's always more likely that a player is going to when you've just won a championship, they're going to re-sign yeah. with that team. Uh, so uh, Chris Paul, a bit of a rumor that he he might be linked to the Lakers. He's going to be linked to a lot of places <laughs> with, with what money? With yeah, that's right. <laughs> Where, uh, who's going to be paying he, forty mil for him next season? He oh, and just quickly, one word: Kuzma gone. Surely Kuzma's gone. LeBron Kuzma's gone. LeBron celebrated with him, knowing he's never going <laughs> to see him again. That was probably the biggest part of LA's championship. <laughs> um, D Rose has been linked to the Lakers. All these linked to the Lakers, of course, because they won the championship. I think D Rose Rose is a good little fit there. I reckon. Um, yeah, he would be because. I mean, we spoke about this earlier was when LeBron sat in Cleveland and somewhat Miami as well. The offense would just turn to shit. And then the playoffs, we saw Rondo fill in that role as, you know, that pass that can get AD the ball. But they still lacked a bit of scoring at times. And I think D-Rose will, he's a decent passer. So, you know, he can interchange with Rondo and that sort of thing. But his ability to get to the ring and just collapse the defense and kick out the shooters... I think the the fit works. Um, don't know the whole money situation at the moment, but if they can nab him, I'm sure they will. And I reckon that's a sneaky little piece for, you know, 16 points off the bench in a few playoff games just to carry the Lakers during the third quarter sort of thing. And it was reported that the Clippers players, Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, and Pat Bev, I think, who are, whoever else, were bristled, was the word, that Kawhi was so, you know airy fairy about the season, lived in San Diego, was late for flights. Lou Will and Montrez have both trashed that on social media saying, you know, what the hell are you talking about, blah, blah. But there is also a rumor that came from Stephen A. Smith that Kawhi has, you know, under the table been banging on for a point guard. Of course, these are all just smoke at the moment. But I, you could see why it felt like it feels like Lou will, especially on the defensive end, feels like Sweet Lou is sort of definitely getting on, and they could have a more a more well-rounded point guard. Is that the word you're looking for? Yeah. Well, Lou Williams is practically unplayable in the playoffs. Yeah. Every team would just look to score him every single possession. So if you can get someone that's, I mean, like. Someone like Rondo, because we I'm only bringing him up because we spoke about why he was valuable in the finals recently, is because he can play defense and he can create an offense. And if you can do a bit of both, you you get playoff minutes. Whereas if you're a complete liability on one end, teams will just scheme to abuse that. And that's why Lou Wills just and Montrose Harrell for that matter in the playoffs. They were completely unplayable. And Miami and we'll talk about this more another time, but there's the reports have started that Miami and also Dallas and the Kings, I don't know if that was a real report, <laughs> are all hungry for Giannis. Giannis will, the, the Bucks will have the chance to offer Giannis an extension this offseason. And Giannis will either say yes or no. And if obviously he says no, then it, it sort of makes his intentions a bit clear that he's going to want to enter free agency next season, blah, blah going to be very interesting we'll definitely talk about that further i'm sure it's going to pop up like crazy <laughs> it'll be everywhere 
Just to finish off the recap, the draft is coming up, as I said, in just under a month. The T-Wolves have the top pick, the Warriors have the two pick, and I think it's Hornets and then whoever else. It's a pretty crappy draft. There's reports and rumors that so many of these teams want to trade out of their pick, whether it's trade up or trade down. I believe the Warriors, obviously, like so many of us were predicting, are looking to trade for a win now player so the the Timberwolves they're looking to build around Cat and D'Lo yeah so and I think even the Hornets or something like everyone wants to trade out of this draft <laughs> so such that's, a weak draft that's right so that's that that'll happen in just under a month let's get on to our 2019-2020 season gradings and here's how we're going to do this JL we're not going to do A, B, B plus, A plus, C and all that we're not going to do four stars, five stars. You know, we're a bit advanced for that stuff. We're going to do a three-word grading system. Now, if you thought that a team had a shit season, I want you to say that they were trash. And if you thought that a team was showed us a, a glimpse of heading in the right direction, I want you to say flash. And I won't show you my boobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and if you thought that a team killed it, I want you to say smash. And this is all in respect to their expectations coming into the season. So trash, flash, and smash. Trash, flash, and smash. That is a mouthful. I'll see what I can do for you. All right. So I'll kick things off. We're going to go in alphabetical order. Oh, sorry. I'll ask you first. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, what do you got? They have to be a flash because, you know, Trey Young is already in his second year, one of the best offensive talents in the league. Defense is a whole other story, but he's still young. We can work on that. I like John Collins. Um, Capella was put there, you know, halfway through the season. He's only 26 and we know that he can, you know, he, he'll get you 12 and 12 running the pick and roll. Then Cam Reddish and Herder, both like, you know, they've shown promise. Reddish was off to an awful start last season in his rookie season and then finished quite strongly. So I think... They've got the pieces there. It's just all about developing now and you know finding that glue guy who's going to hold it all together. And I think they'll be, you know, within the next few years, they'll definitely be pushing for the playoffs in the East. While I was a tiny bit disappointed that they finished so low, you know, second last, because I, I thought they were just going to keep rising, sort of like the Kings. <laughs> um it, it's still, yes, in the category of flash. They they showed us a flash of what they're going to be. They need some defense. They need, as you said, they need someone to come in and be the veteran maybe. The not-too-old veteran, you know, maybe that can take them to the playoffs. Not Vince Carter. Not Vince Carter. Unfortunately, uh, I'll, I'll miss you, Vince. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, but they need some defense, but very exciting. As you mentioned, the names Herder, Young, Collins, I missed, Love Collins. I missed, um, DeAndre Hunter as well. He was what top five pick last draft. Yeah. You know, 12 points a game, five rebounds, two assists. So he's a good, good piece. I think they've got it now. It's just trying to work out how to make it all fit. All right. And this one, don't go too long in this one. We're just doing <laughs> short and sharp, but the, your Boston Celtics. It was smash with a bit of trash. If that makes sense. Oh, um, in terms of like going into the season, everyone sort of had them as the you know, the six seven seed. You know that Kyrie was Kyrie was a huge piece, and they've replaced him with Kemba, who's not as good. And we saw Tatum and Brown, you know, hold 
you know, they were a bit restricted last year compared to this year. So in terms of the season, they were exceeded expectations to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But then once the play actually started and everyone realized how good this team can be, when you lose to the five seed in the Eastern Conference Finals, that's where the trash comes in. So a bit of both, sort of hard to hard to judge that one because, like you said, it's about what we thought at the start of the season. Um, but fingers crossed it's more towards the smash than the trash. Well, it's... It's funny, it's, you know, pretty much, and I've got like word for word sort of um, your take. I've got smash. The Celtics smashed, but it's an insult to say that in a way. It might hurt for what I'm about to say. As you said, they exceeded expectations and this is where they got to. Um, sorry, they got to the conference finals, but they lost to the five seed and I still thought that was a smashing year for the Celtics. And unless... They have a big uh, change up in their roster moving into next season. For me, their expectations don't change at all from the start of what we just saw 2019-2020 season. I've got the same expectations and I haven't elevated just because of how far they went in that playoffs. And so it's a smash, but it's a bit of a... It might plateau uh, is what you're trying to say. It's a backhanded insult. Yeah. Until, the, until your Celtics pick up... Uh, and you know, it's not about being old fashioned. They need someone to, I mean, Miami is an outlier. They're just crazy how they sort of got their success, but I feel like the Celtics do need a big man and maybe someone higher quality than Gordon Hayward or, you know what I'm sort of saying? Oh, Kemba, someone, something, something, something. Those need to be shuffled around. Danny Ainge has some decisions to make. Robert Williams, the third is there. <laughs> he's he's the missing piece. Um, so Brooklyn Nets. I don't do know. Got? I don't know what to say for this one because you can't really judge them because KD was out and Kyrie was injured. But can I give it a trash just for the amount of talk, the amount of shit that Kyrie said over the season, <laughs> just like completely killing any locker room camaraderie they had saying we need a, <laughs> we're a few pieces away. We'll, you know, we'll trade off our team, but fuck Kyrie for saying that halfway through a year. Trash. Uh, the thing is, look at Jimmy, but like if I say to you, Jared Allen, Karis Levert, Joe Harris, if you have to say it, DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, it goes on. They've got a great side. They had a great coach as well until Kyrie and KD sort of mutinied, mutinied him. Look at that team compared to what the Miami Heat have. Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, and a bunch of great players that are ready to do their jobs. The Nets were a, a great collective team last season, and Kyrie Irving just couldn't be bothered this season. KD wasn't playing, so Kyrie, oh, I'll come back it, when I it want. It took a year to get healthy. That's all right. I'm not... I'll come back. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will. Who? Whatever. There's your difference right there between uh, Jimmy Butler and and Kyrie Irving. If you're ever looking for it, not that this is about that, but Kyrie Irving. Sometimes you really got to look at his leadership. Moving on, Charlotte Hornets. Flash for me. Um, like Devonte Graham had a fantastic season, averaging what like four points a game last year to eighteen this season. Um, the Rosier contract isn't as bad as I initially thought it would be. He still played some pretty good minutes, low efficiency, but I think that can that can come and he still was quite impactful for him. And then they've got like guys like Bridges who and like PJ Washington, young guys like the Hawks, I suppose, where 
it's coming together. I don't think this is going to be a team with a championship ceiling or anything like that. But in a few years, I can see them pushing, you know, for the six, seven, eight seed and, you know, making a little bit of noise. Uh, it was an all right year, I guess. I don't know for Hornets standards, but again, they were pretty mediocre. Of course, they don't have that much that they don't have the sort of the roster to come and really fight for the playoffs yet. But yeah, it was flash for me as well. Devonte Graham could have won most most improved player. He was amazing compared to his last season. PJ Washington was nice. Monk was finally starting to find his place in that team. And as you said, they got Bridges and Terry Rozier as well. Hopefully that's a flash of what's to come. Let's move on to the Chicago Bulls. What did you have for them? <laughs> Trash. They were <laughs> just shit. Fucking Jim Boyle and I am so glad I don't have to see his stupid egg-looking head ever again standing on the sidelines, just absolutely Jesus. insulting his team left, right, and center. I fucking hate that man because I like the Bulls <laughs> and I like Zach Levine. We've discussed Lowry Markin on here before, and he's a decent young player, the finisher as we decided. And they've got these pieces that are decent, and Jim Boylan just sucked the life out of them. I swear to God, making him run suicides in training like a day after a game. He just has absolutely no idea. And now that he's gone, I think they're an actual chance to to push for the playoffs in the East. Yeah, they now have Billy Donovan. We haven't disagreed yet, JL. I've also got trash for the for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I've got here that they're they're young and they've got talent, but they they should have had a better year with the talent they had. Obviously, they had coaching discomfort with uh, Boylan. Wendell Carter Jr. being injured every five seconds since he's come into the league doesn't help. Maybe Al Horford for Wendell Carter Jr. <laughs> I love him. Larry Markinen uh, declining in his senior didn't help, but maybe that was his discomfort with Boylan. Trash. Hopefully, with Billy Donovan, we start to see them on the up again. It's going to be... It's going to be fun. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, make it quick. Trash. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> their, their roster makes no sense at all. So you got Kevin Love doing Kevin Love things. Tristan Thompson's average at best. They brought in Andre Drummond for some stupid fucking reason <laughs> when we know he's not any good. And then you've got Sexton and Garland, who I call Sexland. The two of them don't fit together at all. It just, that roster makes absolutely no sense. So big trash for me that just needs to blow that up completely. Get love out of there. Let him play some meaningful minutes on a decent team because fuck Cleveland. (laughs) That's exactly right. I I agree with pretty much everything you said. Signing Drummond. What the fuck? Uh (laughs) (laughs) I I can't You got Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson and uh, uh, Kevin Love already there. Um, Shout out to our, our Aussie man, uh, Dal- Two Aussie men. Dalla Dante Exum. Dante Exum. Dante Exum is there now, so hopefully he can sort of flourish at the Cavs. Yeah, he's flourishing. Up- he's flourishing with an average of five points per game. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn. Well, anyway, Cavs, mate, what are you doing? Ben, ben Simmons hit a three against the Cavs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the Dallas Mavericks. Hit me, JL. Smash. In terms of expectations. I didn't think Luca would be this good this quickly. Like that jump from an incredible rookie season to sophomore season. He was just incredible. And I've spoken about him so much. Um, and then his fit with Porzingis, they worked so well together. If Porzingis doesn't get ejected in game one and doesn't get injured in the first round, maybe they beat the Clippers there in the first round. That's how well they were playing. So 
exceeded all expectations and with room for a max player, hint, hint, Giannis, maybe, I think the next few years are going to be, you know, you can peg Dallas at the you know top few seeds without a doubt in the West for the next few years coming. They are a scary team. I also had Smash. We just keep agreeing here, JL. I also had Smash, but I think I also had in brackets Flash because it was a flash of what's, you know, they smashed, but they're so good and their ceiling is so high. It was more of a, it was it was sort of a flash of what's to come. Yeah, I agree. As you said. I do agree with that. Um, but definitely a smash compared to, you know, for really what our expectations were coming into the season. They had that best offensive rating ever in November. I think it was 115 or 17 points per 100 possessions. Uh, they are a gritty defender away from being a serious threat for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe Giannis might be that guy. Anyway, the Denver Nuggets. Is this the biggest smash? Or is this? Ooh. I think that is the the team that completely exceeded expectations. Can't like they were without a doubt for me the team that we no one expected them to do so well um, to beat the the Clippers and the three one down. They've set themselves up now for some deep playoff runs to come. Smash for me. Well, this is our first. Uh... This is our first difference, our first dis- uh, disagreement. I've got them as flash, like a clear flash, because they did do super well. But I always said, I was always saying, you know, while we're doing our playoff podcast, that when they were down to the Jazz, that this is the thing about Denver. They finished second in the West last season, and they finished third in the West this season. Two top three finishes in the tougher conference. And... I don't know. I just felt like, the, you know, as, as tough as the West is, it's been pretty clear for the last couple of years, aside from Kawhi entering the West, that the Nuggets have been the second best team under the Warriors and now the Lakers. And I thought that this was more of a flash, not trash, but this is more of a, a glimpse of what's to come with MPJ and they've got that that uh, Millsap 28 million that's going to be freed up. I don't know if they're going to re-sign him or try and get a bigger name. But I felt like this is still a flash of what's to come rather than rather than their full well, ceiling. They're not at their ceiling, so I suppose in that way it's a, smart, it's a flash, sorry. But in terms of just completely exceeding expectations, you've got to give them full credit. That's where I got the smash. I think that's where my expectations was for them to hit this season. I was happy they finally got to the conference finals. Them losing 4-1 in the conference finals, that was pretty much what I expected of them this... Well, what I expect them to be capable of uh, coming into every season. So let's move on. The Detroit Pistons, what do you have? Trash. <laughs> like I feel bad for them in a way because they've been the perennial eighth seed for the last God knows how many years. So they've got nothing to work with. And then they threw everything to get Blake Griffin. His body doesn't work. Derek Rose had probably his best season in a while just being steady off the bench. Um, The only positive was that they got Drummond away from him because I fucking hate Drummond so much. I think he's just a disgrace to basketball. <laughs> <laughs> um, So there's that's the one positive. Everything else, like they've got no young players that I can say are developing well. Like Luke Kennard's okay. He was at 16 points per game, but he can't play a lick of defense. Just, I don't know, just 
the Detroit Pistons are stuck in no man's land at the moment and I can't see them getting out anytime soon. Yeah. Simple stuff. I also had trash. The Pistons, as you said, they're always just this mediocre side. There was preseason internet pictures of Blake Griffin, uh, Derek Rose, ISO Joe Johnson, Andre Drummond, and Reggie Jackson. And it's like, who's beating this team? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and then... They signed Joe Johnson because he's the MVP and I think champion of the big three league. <laughs> like that fucking matters. It's a fucking big three league. Scalabrini's playing. <laughs> oh, is he? Yeah. Is he? Oh, he was. Maybe that. he's not anymore. But fuck me, just absolute useless. They signed Joe Johnson preseason in, <laughs> I believe it was August. And then in October... They waved him because before the season started. Because you don't have to, you don't have to run in big three basketball. It's fucking half court. It's not even half court. It's like a third. Of course, he wasn't going to be good. What the fuck are the Pistons doing? I swear <laughs> to God, I just have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. For the last like ten years, they've just done absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very, it's a big mystery. I hope that D Rose can get out of there. He's pretty much him and Thon Mako, and maybe a bit what of what the uh, fuck happened to Thon Mako as well. He's useless. Um, and maybe a bit of Luke Kennard. That's, those are the ones that I care about. Langston, like, get them all Gal- out. Langston of there. Galloway. <laughs> like, yeah, I liked KCP in um in Detroit. That was a good time. <laughs> Actually, I don't I don't mind Christian Wood. He's okay, but. Mm. Yeah. Oh, just every single play. Like Tony Snell. Do you remember that game where he played 28 minutes and had zero, 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 zero? That was with a box. <laughs> He's no good. Oh, just, I bloody can't stand him. All right. So on to the Golden State Warriors. What do you have? This is a tricky one because it's trash, but also like <laughs> everything went as well as they could have hoped in a way. Because you knew that Clay wasn't going to be playing and Steph got injured and Draymond sucks without those two. So they've got that, what, two pick, is it? The second pick in the draft? Yeah. Like, yep. that is everything they could have hoped for. It feels like the 1998 Spurs where in 97 they were in the Western Conference Finals, I'm pretty sure. 98, David Robinson goes down and they tank and then they get the number one draft pick and Tim Duncan walks in. So <laughs> it's like, I feel like they've got the chance now. They probably will trade the pick, but they shouldn't have this pick to begin with if it wasn't for these injuries. So everything's gone as well as it could have in a shit situation, I suppose. That's it. Obvious trash for me as well. Yeah, as you said, it was a tricky one because you could tell they sort of were wanting it to happen, but uh, I don't know. Did they fake Steph's injury? Mm -hmm. Steph got injured. Draymond had injury troubles. Even D'Angelo Russell, when he was there, had some injury troubles uh, through the season, blah, blah, blah. It turned into a bit of a write-off of a season. And in terms of, yeah, in terms of winning, that was just a trash season. So you got to call that trash. The Houston Rockets, I'll go first on this one. Trash. Yeah, they were I trash. I, 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 I don't know what you have down, but I've got them as trash. <clears throat> Even though they made the playoffs again, James Harden do- dominated again. Even though Westbrook found his feet with the small ball, blah, blah, blah. Second round gentleman sweep against the Lakers, who won the championship, but still it's not good enough. You can't be gentleman swept or any type of sweep word against any team if you're the Houston Rockets at this point. Westbrook, same old crap. Harden, same playoffs crap, in my opinion. He just doesn't – he's not himself in the playoffs. And if, you, if you're if you really going to analyze it where we're standing today, Daryl Morey 
taking off and the, the constant, constant um, noise about how their owner is a cheap guy. Yeah. <laughs> they are, they take, I would say they had a trash season, but for their standards and they're in a very trash position. I mean, they had a decent standard for everything prior to the second round. Everything was working. They were a bit disappointing in the first round against OKC because not that OKC is a bad team, but we had them pegged as, you know, the the 15th seed going into the season and they overachieved the entirety of the season. So they just snuck past there. If Harden didn't block Dort on that, you know, last second three in game seven, who knows if Houston even get out of the first round. And then to call it a gentleman sweep in the second round, I know that it's technically a gentleman sweep, but there was nothing gentlemanly about it. The Lakers absolutely ass-fucked on the Rockets. Like, <laughs> it was as rough as you can get. You got Westbrook yelling at Rondo's brother in the silo. It was just an absolute shit show. That team wanted absolutely none of it. And Daniel House, well, Daniel House was a smash because he, he got some <laughs> in quarantine. But other than that, Jesus Christ, what an absolute shit show for the last year. Three weeks for the Rockets. And the Indiana Pacers, what'd you have? Mm, Flash, I suppose. They were sort of a bit nothing. You had Oladipo not there for the majority of the year, and then he came back and didn't look 100%. So I liked Sabonis' improvements. Miles Turner's still a bit... He hasn't progressed as well as I thought. They're in a bit of no man's land. Brogdon's all right, but he's you know 27 already. It depends on all the depots, health, where they go. Um, but I don't really see them getting better than this. But I wouldn't say it's a trash season. It's sort of just halfway in between. I had flash as well. Uh, it, it, as you said, it sort of fizzled out, and it was a bit, it was a bit sort of classic paces by the end of it. But uh, yes, yeah, Sabonis. Uh, becoming a first-time All-Star, Brogdon being awesome with all the depot out, and just Brogdon being great and good value. Well, I was going to say good value for money. I would say he's good value yeah, for money, right. and especially TJ Warren. If you're getting him for cash considerations, he he definitely did well. So, just a flash for the Pacers. I'm a bit scared for their future, especially because apparently all the depot wants out. But they've got Brogdon. They've got Sabonis, and we'll see. And they got Warren. We'll see what happens from here. The Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> you know what, JL? What? I'm uh think maybe we'll come back to this next week. Alrighty. Basically. But for now, thanks for doing that. And let's quickly jump into a fun game. Normally we do this game, if you're joining us for the first time, called the Random Player Debate, where I put uh, all the current NBA players into a machine and then it spits out two random players, one for me, one for JL. And regardless of what we actually believe, we have to argue for each player that that one is better than the other. JL. Who have I got? I'm surprising you today. Yeah. We're not doing the random player debate. Today... It's off-season, JL. We're stepping into uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous. And there's only one other thing you and I, I think, have in common, other than NBA and having a phobia of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> we Today we are doing random food debate. Oh. 
<laughs> the fuck? So, <laughs> so uh, again, I've got all the foods in the world and I'm putting it in my machine right now and it's going to spit out a couple and then we're going to argue which one's better than the other. All right? Uh, is this, um, is this pre- to reach a wider audience so you can start posting this in the, uh, <laughs> in, in the food podcast of the world? So, the first two foods that I know of is the ones that I'm going to say that we have. So, the first one mm-hmm. that I have, apple pie. <laughs> and then you have quiche. Oh, fuck <laughs> me. <laughs> Righto. All right. All right. <laughs> hang on, so, hang on. Let me get the advanced stats up. <laughs> get get the basketball <laughs> yeah. refer- food reference. All right. Put you on the spot here, JL. Jesus fucking Christ. I hope you like quiche. I fucking hate quiche and I don't like apple pie either. So <laughs> I mean, I can eat quiche, but no one actually likes quiche, do they? I like quiche as long as it doesn't have like, I like quiche when it doesn't have veggies in it. Anyway, but we'll talk. <laughs> All right, let's do it. I'll go first. Two arguments each, like usual. Me first. Jack Lynch. (laughs) There's only one pie that is featured in such a such an iconic movie as the American Pie. pie. (laughs) It was so good. This pie, so warm, so succulent. (laughs) Why are you doing (laughs) that? That the main character, I've forgotten his name. What's his name? Shit. The guy. He looks like Adam Sandler. Joe? Joe, maybe? I don't know. Those movies are trash as well. He sticks his penis <laughs> directly in the middle of this thing and he has sex with this apple pie. <laughs> apple pie. I didn't even love it, to be honest, until until recently, until my girlfriend's family started like giving it to me for dessert every nearly every week with ice cream. Apple pie with ice cream or if cream if you like is is divine, JL. It's 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 just like heaven. It's is a reason why it's such an iconic, such a cliche pie. I don't know what you can possibly say in this argument. The fact that your argument is based around having sex with a piece of fruit <laughs> rather than if it's an actual fruit or not. Well, it's fruit and pastry. But you're not fucking the pastry. It's the warm <laughs> apples that are the the money maker in this in this movie that you're talking about. Whereas quiche is, I mean, eggs are the most. I think eggs are the best <laughs> food in the world because <laughs> are, are, are eggs not. We talk about in the NBA how you want defenders that can defend multiple positions and have versatility. Eggs are the most versatile food in the world. You can scramble them, you can poach them, you can fry them, you can whip them up, make some meringue, you can make cakes with them, you can do anything. And quiche is the worst possible (laughs) egg-based food, but it's still bloody good, even though I don't like it. You can can put whatever you want in it. So first of all, you're making almost an omelette. But you're whapping, whapping it in some in some pastry, and everyone likes pastry. But then it's like, do I want a veggie quiche? Do I want just plain egg? Do I want to go bacon? You can do whatever you want with it. Whereas an apple pie, you're limited to, oh, what decoratives can I put on the outside? That is rubbish. No one wants this. <laughs> this. It's not like why eat you eat fruit because it's healthy. 
and you can't even eat <laughs> apple pie because it's not even healthy for you. So you're eating fruit for no real purpose. It's a waste of time. Oh, JL, you are hilarious. And let me just say that you saying that eggs are the most versatile food in the world. Uh, I've got a friend here called Potatoes that are a bit, <laughs> a bit angry with you. <laughs> the potatoes are alcohol, uh, chips or crisps, whatever you call them. They're hot chips or French fries. Anyway, so you're wrong about the eggs. Uh, they're not the most versatile food. Quiches are nice, but... You know, when you're at a party, you know, like a family party or whatever, I hope this happens in America as well, but I'm sure especially Australia and like Britain, the finger food comes around. You got your sausage rolls, your party pies, whatever, your chicken nuggets. And sometimes there's quiche. And when I say quiche, it's got like some green leaf in it. (laughs) Yeah, you're spinach, mate. (laughs) And you're like, oh... I only like quiche and it doesn't have the green leaf in it. <laughs> Don't be giving me this green leaf quiche shit. So that's not you not liking quiche. That's you being afraid of spinach. But let me just say, and I love spinach. Hold on. What do McDonald's, the biggest fast food chain in the world, do they have quiche on their menu or do they have apple pie on their menu? You tell me. Have, have you ever seen that- anyone get an apple pie from Macca's? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, mate. Just absolute <laughs> rubbish. And then they had sex with it. <laughs> a portable. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's just an absolute fleshlight. disgrace because apple pies are just absolutely revolting. And the fact that you can, you're willing to eat what is pretty much a glorified sex toy. <laughs> I, just want, I just want nothing of it. I'm sticking with quiche. And there's nothing, there's nothing you can do about it. Quiche wins because I'm the dumbest. Well, I'm so happy I put you on the spot like that. That will be happening. We're going to be doing random debates. We may just call it a random debate, but when the season starts, maybe we'll focus more on the players again. But And we'll do the players, but we we be ready for anything, JL, because we're going to be debating any topic moving forward. As long as it's not apple pie, I'll be all right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. We will continue our 2019-2020 team gradings in next episode, the part two of this, and we'll start off with the Los Angeles Lakers, the 2020 champions. Don't forget to check us out on social media. We're very active on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We've been doing a lot of posts lately asking your opinion on, you know, who's better, which player's better, uh, all these types of questions. I think just yesterday we put the question to the people on Facebook, what was more meaningful, Giannis's MVP and Defensive Player of the Year or Jimmy Butler's finals appearance and performance? So go give us your opinion on that on Facebook and Instagram and also Twitter. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, don't forget to leave a five-star rating or leave a review. It really helps the show. We're on every podcast app, so whatever that button is on your podcast app, follow or subscribe. Please hit it. It really does help. JL, I guess I'll talk to you Apple Pie uh, next week. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm going to go cook some eggs at Brecky, so I'll catch you. All right, we'll talk to you next week.